I think it was funny that the whole Pandorica thing was based on Amy's childhood memories. I think it'd be really funny to wonder what would happen if Amy had read other books. Hmm. What's this? The Observer's Book of Rowan Britain? And where's Spot? Oh, no. Ah, uh, w- what's in there? I don't know. Legend has it there was a small, curious dog, forever curious and mercilessly energetic, a nameless, terrible canine soaked in the blood of a billion hanging questions, the most feared thing in the cosmos. Um, that sounds quite bad. What's happening, Doctor? What's going on? It's opening. The Pandora spot is opening. Come on, then. What are you? Doctor? Hmm? What is that thing? Ah, it's Spot. The one flap I hadn't bothered to look under, and there you are. Brilliant. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 16. I am Laura and also today I have with me in a lovely stripy shirt Andrew the Candyman Candish. Hello. And I have too a chap who's got the cheekiest dimples I ever did see on a fellow. It's Mr. Chris Alpha. Hello. Oh, I thought that was going to be me. <laughs> you've, you've got you've got the sexiest dimples ever seen. Oh, come fellow. on, get a room. Uh, you've Not got now. some Not nice now. dimples also, and I am betrothed to him. It is Chris Sigma. Hello, everyone. Nice to be here. <laughs> so, so that's all of us. And this week, um, we've got a lot of things to say about the episode. But first, as always, it's the Oodcast News. Oodcast News. Oceanographers today expressed surprise that the sea had turned exclusively the same shade of blue, even down to the depths of the Marianas Trench. It's exactly the same shade as the Osborne Children's Atlas, said a commentator. Reports are also coming in of a giant sheep straddling whales, a 4,000-foot palm tree in the middle of Malaysia, and a zeppelin-sized seal crushing Greenland. Russell T. Davis tonight cried himself to sleep, weeping softly into his adipose stress toy. As usual, the mysterious order of floppy-fringed bow-tie wearers appeared at Stonehenge this week for the summer solstice. English heritage have long been puzzled as to who these people are and why they're so desperate to move one particular stone. Sports news now, and the poor form of the England football team at the World Cup, which had been reported to be due to a disagreement between senior players and the coach Fabio Capello, has been revealed as actually being down to the players' unhappiness at being asked to train while Doctor Who was on. And finally... Civil servant Captain Jack Harkness was last night assisting Cardiff police with their investigations into an alleged case of grievous bodily harm. Captain Harkness insists that an overweight member of the Blue Man group attacked him with a cleaver, cutting his right hand clear off. 
As he is not able to show a particular injury, police insist that the investigation will be brief. Broadcast News. I, I suppose we should probably talk about what happened on Saturday. The Pandorica opens. What did we all think? Oh, my life. Oh, my life. <gasps> Is what I thought of it. I am incredibly bored huh? by how much I like it each week. Hey! <laughs> oh, you had us there. Oh. Oh. I am getting a bit bored by just being relentlessly positive about it, but there is no way I could be negative Can about I this week's episode. Can I just say how cross I am? That on Thursday, I went onto the Doctor Who BBC website and I saw a promotional picture of the Doctor up on the stone on Stonehenge and he's surrounded by Roman soldiers and they're all very Roman and standing to attention with their staffs and swords. And there's one Roman in a Roman cloak and he's kind of sort of, his posture isn't very Roman. He's a bit Rory postured. And I thought to myself, that looks like Rory. Thing is, I was quite cross because if I'd looked at the page two days earlier, I could have gone, I think Rory's going to be in it. And everyone would have gone, no, he's dead. And then I've gone, well, I think he is. And then I would have been right. Can we call him Veronica's the whole yeah. time? Though? But then, Andy, at the end of the Silurian story, we did say that if Rory doesn't come back, it would be ridiculous. Oh, right, yeah. Yeah. So you shouldn't have been too cross about that. I'm impressed, though. <laughs> I'm impressed that your level of body language reading enabled you to do that. That's pretty excellent. Thanks, Sigma. It was just when I saw his jaw structure, you know, the bone structure in his face, that I thought, oh, that's Roronicus. His weaselly bone structure. No, he looked, he looked quite dashing, being backlit in that manner. Did he? But he yeah. was wearing a helmet. How did you see his bone structure? His chin. His chin. His chin. Oh, well, that's even more impressive chin. than my body language reading. Ah, well, they do say that ladies like to look at faces. Is it, I'm not sure that it's more impressive. That I can tell who that is by looking at his face. <laughs> I'm not sure that is. <laughs> I, I think we should say it is as impressive. Yes. All right, then. You're both marvels. Thanks. Thanks, Alf. What's in there? I don't know. Legend has it there was a tribe of horribly deformed men, fashioned into grotesque geometric shapes, forced to feel but one emotion their entire lives, living nothing but the one character trait they were bound to for eternity. Um, that sounds quite bad. It's opening! Mr Pandorica is opening! Come on then, what are you? Doctor? Hmm? What? Is that thing? Are, are they long, wavy orange arms? <laughs> 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 Tacticals. Okay, everyone. So we've it all expressed a general outpouring of joy at how brilliant it was. Shall we <clears throat> cut to some specifics? A mate of mine in the office when I got in on Monday, he said, "Did you see it? Did you see it?" And I said, uh, "Yes, I did." And he said, "Well, I haven't yet, so don't spoil it." <laughs> and, um, and then he said, "But is it?" like an rtd finale and i said mate think of an rtd finale and then go much further and he went oh and i think that's a fair summation is it not yeah go much yeah. further but somehow be able to marshal all of the elements of that finale so that it still is brilliant mm. and never runs out of control i have no yeah. idea how he did it the, yeah. the one the one downside to the whole thing to me is that, that it's going to end next week? Uh, no, well, yeah, okay. The second downside is that at the end of the episode, I sat there thinking, I kind of don't want to know how he gets out of this. This is so incredibly well set up. 
I just want it to be left mm. there. It's one of the best cliffhangers I've ever seen. I seriously that hope that <clears> they have a, a particularly tricksy way that he gets out of it. I mean, we have an idea of how he does. Well, can I just we? say before we say that, that the best idea I've read is obviously we've heard about BBC budget cuts. Uh, and it hasn't really translated that much into the series itself being much mm. less beautiful than it was. And in some cases, actually a lot better looking this year. So where are these budget cuts coming from? There's someone who thinks that maybe next week's episode will just be 45 minutes of blackness, just nothing because the universe has ended. And that's where they save the budget. <laughs> I did. The, the, the one I heard was that Amy's Choice and uh, The Lodger were the two episodes they used less budget on. And if that is true, I think they saved it for a very, very good purpose. Oh, I hope so. But we've Chris, Chris Sigma has come up with an idea of how he does get out. Well, this is, we again, just collating this. things. So if mm. anyone wants to go to next week's episode with absolutely no clues, is are avoiding Twitter and uh, all the discussion boards, then we're going to discuss this for about a minute. So if you go forwards for a minute, then you will not hear any of this. Are we alone? Okay, go. He's got the vortex manipulator <gasps> on his wrist. Of course. <laughs> so That's that means awesome. he can go anywhere, anytime, anyplace. So um, all of these instances of the perhaps being two doctors, the doctor in the TARDIS and the doctor mm -hmm. without the jacket, all of that sort of stuff. I think perhaps he goes back through all the episodes. I think he, he leaves this space and tries to rewrite mm. stuff. So maybe it's the Doctor who flits in front of the camera in that scene in the 11th hour when a shadow passes across the camera. Ooh. And Ooh. maybe also it's the Doctor wearing the jacket in that scene in the forest in the Flash and Stone episode. Yep, and probably stuff that we haven't even noticed. Mm. We promised a minute, so we can't discuss this for much longer. Does anyone else have anything to say about how he gets out of the Pandorica? Okay, we will now play music until the end of the minute I mentioned. We are not talking about spoiler stuff. Welcome back, everyone who doesn't want spoilers. What's in there? I don't know. Legend has it that there was a dark, dark town. And in that town, there was a dark, dark house. And in the dark, dark house, there was a dark, dark staircase. And down the dark, dark staircase was a nameless family of creatures made solely of bone, soaked in the darkness of a billion dark galaxies, the most feared thing in the cosmos. Um, well, that sounds quite bad. It's opening. The Pandora clavicle is opening. Come on, then. What are you? Doctor? Hmm? What? Is that thing you need me to tell you? Yes. Right. Well, um, the foot bone's connected to the leg bone, and the leg bone's connected to the hip Let's just talk about how awesome Stephen Moffat is for a while. <laughs> how do you write such an epic, amazing episode, cramming so many characters, so many ideas, and still find time to write some brilliant one-liners and have character development and bring Rory back in such a brilliant way. Mm. And I just so hope that he's a companion next year. Veronicus, the Tame Alton. Mm. I just think that'll be fantastic. That, that was one of my favourite moments of the episode where Rory was there talking to the Doctor and the Doctor just carried on talking <laughs> to him like he'd been there all along. All the time. And then yeah. came back and just went, um, how you been? <laughs> I thought that was fantastic. Yeah. So do we want to clear up some of the pedantry that I've been hearing, such as... 
how does Rory remember everything right up until the point yeah, well, this is where he dies well, if well, they suck the memories from Amy when she was at home? They were sucked from her, yes. not from him. But she wouldn't remember any... She didn't remember him, so how well, was need, that memory taken from her? But presumably it's to do with the whole plot around the Pandorica because the Doctor remembers him as well. Yeah, but didn't they go but to before nice she went away with the Doctor to get the memories? Ah, ah. Uh, no. They sucked it from the house and she inhabited yeah, the house before she started travelling with the Rory's doctor. But Rory's always been around. And after. But yeah, yes. but not... Yes, so how does he know he died? Because he only died once exactly. he went away from the house. Mm. Also, how is there a picture of her dressed as a policewoman and him as a Roman soldier? Well, the how I is re- there a photo mm. of it? The reason will probably be the, the time in the 11th hour when do- the Doctor lands and meets Amy dressed as a policewoman is not the same time as when she goes away with him. So that party presumably is where she's going that evening. Which evening? The evening that he, she first meets the proper raggedy doctor. Because oh. he then leaves, doesn't he, to go away for five minutes just to the moon or whatever. And then when he comes back thinking it's that evening, it's actually six months further on. Ah, oh. but Rory's been erased completely from time, so how is there still a photo of him in her bedroom? Ah. But there shouldn't be any, shouldn't be any of Rory anywhere in the world. The only thing that's still there is the ring, and surely that's only because it was in the TARDIS. That's the only thing that slipped through that's still around that proves that he's Maybe the around. ring is the reason why it's still there. Yeah. My head is melting. <laughs> I'm happy with that. I think Rory is a time traveller and so therefore he can't be erased so completely as people who just go through time but in a linear fashion. Hey guys. Hey guys. He fall into the crack and he never come back. That's a Rory. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. This week's song, dear listeners, wasn't it good? <laughs> Going back to pedantry, I want to know, what were the Silurians doing in the Coalition? Aren't they supposed to be asleep? Or, if they are the ones that wake up in a thousand years after Cold Blood, and we're led to believe by the voiceover in Cold Blood that they do get integrated with the humans, shouldn't it not have been the Silurians and the humans together in the Coalition? Maybe they were the representative of the human Silurian coalition, uh, they only sent one. Yes, maybe they were. What's in there? I don't know. Legend has it that there was a single red apple and two green pears and three purple plums, a quartet of red strawberries soaked in the blood of five whole oranges, the most feared thing in the cosmos. Um, well, that sounds quite bad. <laughs> What's happening, Doctor? What's going on? It's opening. The Pandora Caterpillar is opening. Come on, then. What are you? Doctor? Hmm? What is that thing? Ah, oh, look. It's a butterfly. So, of course, the Doctor's always going on about how he's, his ultimate his ultimate goal is to unite all races in cooperation and harmony. And, hey, look, he's actually done it. Well done, Doctor. You have created the ultimate coalition of kicking ass people. Why was it only bad guys, though? It wasn't. The Jidun aren't bad. Okay. Yeah, well, they're mercenaries, but well, yeah. yeah. And the Silurians aren't that bad, are they? And presumably they're not the only ones that are there. And, and I think we follow the Doctor and we follow his world view. But to another race, they don't think, except for the Daleks, they don't think we're evil. The Cybermen seen through a different lens could be seen as trying to improve different races very true very true Ooh, philosophical yeah mm-hmm. 
the, the Doctor is the bad guy. The Doctor is revealed to be, to use Buffy terminology, the big bad of mm. the series, which mm. is great. It's Ooh, a very interesting thing right. to happen. Get this. Who is the big bad of the series? We don't know. Who is saying, silence will fall? It's Matt Smith putting on a funny voice. Mm. I did I did read something on the, I think it was on the Guardian series blog. Does the, the voice that says silence will fall sound a bit like Davros to you, or is it just me? It, I think it really is just them. It's just them. It yeah. does not no, sound it like them. No, it doesn't sound, sound like I don't know. But I, I did like, going back to the big bad, I did like the line that uh, River um, mentions about, you know, I, I hate good wizarding stories. They always turn out to be him. <laughs> I love that line. Yeah. And of course he was Merlin in Battlefield, was he not? He that was, is yeah. one of the things she was, yeah, I think that's a reference to that. They always turn Great. out to be him. <laughs> has the TARDIS exploded yet? Because if it has, that was quite a, um, an incomplete sort of cheap effect just you know creating a big sort of load of sparks and then turning the lighting up in the studio i thought it was in the process of i think it's in the process of yeah Yeah. it's interesting does that mean that river song dies with the tardis well this is my theory that at the end of the episode we saw the universe ceasing to be Mm. the next week's episode is called the big bang which of course created something out of nothing and we don't Mm. know where the tardis traveled to before it exploded so for me, I, I wonder if we will see the universe being remade anew. And actually, that's the way it's always been. The TARDIS exploding was the thing give that it, created all of life. The, uh, of course, Terminus in Peter Davison's era gave well, the reason I watched for that the... last week. Did you? Yeah. Terminus uh, describes how the universe was created by a spaceship's engines backfiring. Time yes. can be rewritten, Andrew. Yeah. Time can be rewritten. So that's okay then. Yes. What's in there? I don't know. Legend has it there was a beast who devoured everything in its path, an unstoppable force of hunger and destruction, one who would not stop until all was consumed, soaked in the source of a billion family dinners, the most feared thing in the suburbs. Um, well, that sounds quite bad. It's opening. The tiger who Pandora came to tea is opening. Come on, then. What are you? Doctor? Is that a tiger? Yes. It's wearing a bib. Very good. I think that one of the best things about this episode is how excited it's got everybody, how much debate it's already mm. getting people mm. into. It, there's no open and shutness about it. This episode could go... Um, the, the second part could go in any sort of directions. And the first part has so brilliantly interwoven all the different strands. And it was great to see all the recurring characters coming back. Oh, Liz mm. 10. <laughs> oh, she's still got a gun. Hooray. <laughs> but anyway, I rule. It means that you can go back through throughout the entire mm. series if you happen to have recorded them all and look again in the light of what we know. What has Moffat put in the episode that we just just took yeah. to be a minor detail? Now that we know what we do, what's in there? And even more, I think, after next week's, it's it means we can approach the whole fifth season again anew with new eyes and look at look at it all again and, and enjoy I, it again I, I in like a different the way. Is, I think it might have been you that mentioned it near the beginning. Uh, the crack is quite a red herring because if, if if what we're saying is true and that there are various hints that suggest that the Doctor's been going back through events and changing things, then that crack has got nothing to do with it except for the explosion. And I think that's brilliant. Yeah, that's that was so me and Jeff. We said that. Uh, I knew it. Yeah. See, this is why I remember it. I wasn't here. I listened to the whole thing that week. (laughs) Or in fact, we're going to have to go back and listen to our past episodes and see what predictions we've made and how right they are. Yeah, and we will will 
probably play them quite triumphantly if you were <laughs> right about anything. Check us out. We are um, so good. Something I really loved was the scene between Amy and Alton Roronicus when he's trying to get her to remember, and she does, and then he realises he can't stop himself shooting her. The whole scene was so awesome. And, you know, I had a bit of a lump in my throat all the way through. And then the blimmin' gun pops out of his hand and you're like, oh, don't do that. Oh, they've done it. And, oh, dear. I really liked Amy getting shot also in the neck by the cyber head. (laughs) That was really funny. (laughs) That scene was amazing. (coughs) It's brilliant. It's it's the classic sort of Hollywood, let's set up some jeopardy. We know that this character is capable and confident and can bash their way out of anything. So let's shoot them in the neck with a crazy poison dart. That was ace. And just reinventing the Cybermen again. Moffat has mm. said over and over again, you're going to see creatures you've seen before, but in a different light. So he's thought, right, what have we never seen? I know a Cyberman who's even more dangerous because it can control all the various constituent parts of itself mm-hmm. all around the room. Mm. So that so you've got multiple dangers from the same... I love the draw the fire scene. If Look at me, ju- I'm a target! <laughs> yeah. If you can just do what I did, what? Run in front of the gun? Yes, it'll be <laughs> fine. Oh! <laughs> I think this review uh, has mostly been sort of speculation and stuff. And I think yeah. that's... Quite right, actually, in a way, because more than any other two-parter, this won't really reveal its underlying themes and sort of narrative treasures until we've seen the second part. I think it could flip everything on the, on its head. It could flip the whole series on its head, potentially. I did, watching it, I did feel um, a bit... I, it was incredible. To me, it was a bit like going out and enjoying a night out and then thinking, please don't let the morning after be so horrible, it, it, which is what I always used to be worried about with Steve, uh, with RTD finales, which the setup's great. This looks so exciting. What? You can't do that as just a ridiculous ending. I'm hoping, and I, I'm going to trust Stephen Moffat. In Moff we trust. In Moff yeah. we trust. This series has been so wonderful so far. The ending won't let it down. And it's amazing how the making of it has something to do with the narrative because you can only do stuff like this if you write your scripts early enough, if you're organised <laughs> enough that you can, every time there's a guest star, you say, look, actually, there's a bit at the end that we want you to be in. While you've still got all the sets up and while you're here, could you do this bit for the end? You can only do that if you've written your script further further in advance. It does make you think that maybe th- this really is something that Stephen Moffat has wanted to done for years. And it's the band's first yeah. album, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Been writing it oh, all no, your does life. Does that mean next year's going to be awful? And, no, there's some out there that opus, do good. Really, I mean, what a fantastic effort. Hats off to them off. Andrew has just mimed taking off his hat. Okay. All right. Settle down, everyone. This meeting is now in session. Apologies for absence, Krillitane Ambassador. The, uh, the Time Lords. Do they have a reason? The Doctor wiped them from existence. Good enough, I suppose. Anyone else? The Saturninians send their apologies. They've also been wiped out by the Doctor. I see. We were totally destroyed by the Doctor too. Didn't stop us coming. Silence, Karg. No one likes a show off. Right. Well, thank you all for coming. Allow me to introduce myself. I am Chairwoman Thel of the Silurians. 
As you know, this is the first official meeting of the League Against Doctor Engineered Devastation and Apocalypse, or Ladida for short. That is a rubbish name? Cog, I mean it. Shut up. You always do this to me when we're in company. Stop acting out. I obey. In your face. What did you call me? I didn't call you anything. I merely said I obey and then I ceased communicating. You are a total liar. Come over here and say that, foul lover. Oh no, you did not just call me a foul lover. Please, my friends, we do not have time to squabble amongst ourselves. All predictions and simulations agree. It is a virtual certainty that the Doctor will destroy the universe if we don't intervene. We must band together and stop him. Together we might just have a chance of beating him, but we'd welcome any strategies or suggestions from the floor. Here's a little something that the Sontaran Empire has been working on. Why don't we just shoot him? Excuse me? Let's all just turn up together and shoot him. We can't all miss. It's not very elegant. There's no Santaran word for elephant. No, sorry, I said elegant. I know, but we don't have that word. I literally just told you that. Any other suggestions? And do you think that will work? No. Let's just give him a big wobbly hug. (laughs) Who invited the adipose? How about we wait? Until he comes out of his TARDIS, and then all jump on him, rip his legs off, and then beat him to death with them. Oh, I like that plan. Let's do that, and then all shoot him. We cut it all up into a world using a distress call, then blow up the entire planet. Then we could collect up all the bits of planet, and then fire them into a star that's going supernova. We could utilize cyber technology to upgrade the local population to ensure he doesn't escape. What kind of technology did you say? Cutting edge cyber technology. You mean cyber shades, don't you? Maybe. Cyber shades aren't cutting edge technology. They look like someone tried to upgrade an IKEA rug. Yeah, well, you look like you've eaten too much tubby toasted. Take that back! Make me tinky winky. Please, this is getting us nowhere. We can't just blow him up. It's too effective. Easy. Straightforward. Liable to work. It's boring. I know. Why don't we engineer a universe-wide myth about the ultimate warrior trapped inside a fiendish prison, hide clues throughout time and space, create an overcomplicated trail that leads the Doctor to it, and then suddenly bind him inside the very artifact he thought he was saving the universe from, thereby creating the circumstances for the cataclysm we're trying to prevent in the first place. You sure we can't just shoot him? Well, thanks so much, everybody, for tuning in to us again. We hope you enjoyed that last episode as much as we did, and we hope that you're all bouncing up and down in your seats in as much excitement as we are, ready for the next one. I am almost as excited as when the series began, which is pretty much like a three-year-old. Anyway, so 
Uh, it's goodbye from me. I'm Laura. Bye-bye. Goodbye from me, Chris Sigma. See you next week. Goodbye from me, Andy. Bye. And goodbye from me, Chris Alpha. Bye-bye. Hello, River, my old friend. I've come to talk with you again. Because a crack in time's repeating. A cryptic menace I need help beating. And the concept that became a neat refrain still remains within the fall of silence. Through countless worlds I walked alone. Against the dark I held my own. A fearsome legend fighting evil. It seems I may have caused a upheaval. For a myriad foes whose empires I had sacked have formed a pact to speed the fall of silence. And in the eerie light I saw 500 aliens, maybe more. Aliens talking about a box. A fiendish trap they'd made with cryptic laws And a coalition with a task they shared To be prepared To end the fall of silence Wait, said I, you do not know Lock me in and the TARDIS blows Hear my words so I might reach you Take my arms so I might reach you But my words like silent raindrops fell And echoed through the fall of silence And the aliens were dismayed what a massive gap they'd made And the signs began decoding To mark the universe exploding And the signs said the words Hello sweetie are written on the diamond wall To warn you all Now face the sound of silence. What's in there? I don't know. Legend has it that there was a horde of terrible monsters who dressed and lived as men, who accumulated the trappings of humankind and mimicked it in a twisted parody of civilization. One in particular was feared, soaked in the blood of a billion stolen honeypots. Um, that sounds quite bad. It's opening. Winnie the Pandorica is opening. Come on then, what are you? Doctor, mm? is that the backside of a giant teddy bear who appears to be stuck in the open? <laughs> <laughs>